January 29th, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carberhall here with Matt Hawkins. Matthew, what's up, man? <laughs> oh, man, survived a long weekend. Uh, you know, we'll get to it later. The results of Bellator didn't go exactly how I uh, yeah, had, I'm had hoped and dreamed, but uh, but we'll get there. Sounds um, like a rough weekend for you, man. I mean, I know, you're, I know your hero, you know, took, took, took one on the chin, literally. Um, but, uh, I mean, lots of stuff happened between now and then. And, uh, um, obviously with today's news, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just briefly touch on the people that are soon allowed to fight, uh, Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov, John Jones, they, they all were on the docket for Nevada's athletic commission hearing. And, uh, lo and behold, big surprise, they can all fight again at some point really soon, just in time to make everybody some money. Yeah, exactly. I noticed the UFC yesterday released the uh, the the financial impact from uh, Khabib Connor, showing it was like eighty four million dollars or some astronomical number for the city of Las Vegas. So they conveniently released that the day before the commission yeah. was going to go uh, and release <laughs> the uh, the penalties. Yeah, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov got a nine month uh, five hundred thousand dollar fine, which is a huge fine, um, one of the biggest fines that I think I've ever seen, if not the biggest. Yeah. Um, can be can be dropped down to six months if he takes part in an anti-bullying campaign. Not really sure how that goes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, Connor got six months. I believe it was fifty thousand yeah. uh, dollars. Seems to me that he should be a part of an anti-bullying campaign, considering that he's usually the one bullying the people. But uh, that's yeah. interesting how that goes down. Well, they, uh, they did say something about uh, they're going to start uh, issuing fines and things for people that go overboard on their trash talk. So I guess that was their part uh, of, I can't get behind that though. I mean, no, that, that's how that's, you sell life. Yeah. And that gets into the, the freedom of speech and stuff and, and who, what's hate speech and who judges that and who makes the call on what's, you know, what's over the top and what's not, I guess they need to give us a list of words that you can't say and what you can say. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that's stupid and, and, and over, you know, oversight on the uh, stupid oversight on the on the athletic commission side. Um, Khabib's cornermen each got a year, and uh, I believe it was twenty five thousand uh, dollars for two of his cornermen. Uh, Khabib says that he will not fight um, until their suspension is is over. So that makes it interesting. I'm hearing that he's uh, he wants to come back your way for next November, and uh, and fight the MSG card. Um, yeah which will likely be, I guess, November 4th this year, or actually November 2nd. So um, I don't know, or, you know, or later in the month, but yeah. seconds of Saturday. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know what to say about that. Um, I guess I really don't care if I'm being blunt about it. Uh, you know, they need to, the UFC needs those guys, the sport of MMA needs those guys to fight to to keep the uh, division going, which I don't know exactly where the division is going to go if uh, Habib, decides to hold out till November. Um, I figure we'll see Connor sometime around uh, probably fight week in July. Uh, yeah, like I July guess. 6th, shish, I, I want to say, only because I, uh, really, really quick, uh, it was a completely by coincidence. I'm going on, uh, before the hearing, I go on, uh, I, I do uh, my sports betting on uh, FanDuel, in case they're listening and they want to sponsor anybody. But I do my... Uh, 
I do my bets on uh, FanDuel, so I go and I'm looking at Super Bowl stuff, and I always click on MMA, of course, just to see what odds are and whatever, or their odds, and uh, I scroll into the future. And so lo and behold, early in the morning, before the hearing, scroll down, July 6th, Conor McGregor, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, and I'm like, that's not been announced. What's that about? So... I wouldn't be surprised if we get get that starts uh, getting drummed up just because, like you said, you know they released the numbers the day before. Today was a hearing. Of course, they, everybody knew everyone was going to get off. So I'm like, all right, well, I mean that 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 sounds like a main event for International Fight Week to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a great fight. It's an outstanding fight. I don't know about main event. I guess Connor's the main event no matter what, even if it's yeah. not a. Not a title fight. Um, I, I yeah, I guess maybe maybe you stack it with another uh, lower level title fight, so you can still reason having Connor as the main event. Yeah. I would think you know I would think that event would would uh, would be a little I don't want to say deeper because that's a hell of a fight, but I don't know. Who knows anymore? To be honest, I don't I don't know what <laughs> what's going on with the yeah. the, the booking. Um, I don't know where that leaves uh, Ferguson. I don't see Ferguson waiting till November. I mean, he has every right to, but um, I'm trying to remember when his last fight was. He fought. Uh, he fought Pettis on his on his comeback. He fought uh, Pettis, and that was uh, two two twenty six two twenty six. That was last last uh, last uh, July. Or no, it wasn't two. Yeah, I'm cross. I might be crossing up dates. Pettis Pettis fought. Uh, Chizia on on uh, on two twenty six, so maybe it was two twenty nine. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's been it'll be a while then if he's gonna wait it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's uh, just gotta kind of wait and see what the uh, yeah what they decide to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that does for Poirier, um, another guy who's in the mix. But uh, yeah, I I don't know, and then you know on top of that we get news that John Jones has been licensed for a fight on on uh, March second, um, which is <laughs> yeah. basically a month away now. Uh, as as soon Smith. as they and as soon as they license him, they put out the poster and everything. It's crazy, you know. I yeah. again, <laughs> again, yeah. I don't care. I guess. I mean, I guess I'm beyond caring at this point, um, since none of it makes any sense, and no. there's not there's no real. Uh, there's no real law and order, I guess, to, to how this is being judged. Penalties are being distributed. Um, yeah. I imagine he's got enough money he can talk to the to the drug guys of the world and figure out how <laughs> he can keep how he can keep a steady level of uh, low picograms to be able to uh, to continue to do drugs for the rest of his career. At this point, yeah. it looks like. So, I don't know. It, it's really a uh, you know. I guess I should be glad that these guys are fighting because I really don't care about the issues but it's just uh it's really strange how uh it's just it, it's it really is just it's just really how um you know like like you're making a, a big song and dance about and shaking your finger at everyone when you know you're just gonna let them go anyway so like just like save us save us all that drama announce the fights put up your posters because you're gonna do it anyway you're gonna let them do it anyway because everybody makes money off of these guys you know, so like, like, stop faking like you're actually policing anything or, or, or you're trying to be honorable, or whatever the hell it is you're trying to do. But, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, obviously, bigger things went down over the weekend. <laughs> uh, Bellator 214, man, that was obviously the, 
the high point of the combat sports weekend. Um, I mean, I know there's some boxing on, but I'm pretty sure Bellator 214 trended more than uh, for us anyway, for the, uh, you know, uh, fight fans of the weekend. I mean, um, that what I, I only saw the main card uh, seemed amazing. Um, given the obviously there was two significant knockouts on that main card. I don't know where you want to start because you were there. Uh, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, though, actually, I meant to ask you, um, text you when you were there. I heard that uh, uh, Fedor was getting booed. Was is that true? No. If no? anything, he no. He got one of the loudest cheers. He okay. gets he, he gets a huge ovation. Um, you know, I don't know where the camera was. I mean, there. You know, you're always going to get some people booing, no matter what. Yeah. But I, I mean, he gets as loud of an ovation as any other fighter in, in MMA in live events. I mean, yeah. whether it's Conor McGregor or, or John Jones or Cormier or or you know, I mean, some guy, you know, he, he's he's in the level of like Dan Henderson and Chuck Liddell. When they show those guys, the arena goes crazy. So, yeah, um, they were there too. That's gonna yeah, the, there was a bunch of guys there. Uh, Vitor Belfort was there. Um, I mean, when Fedor fights, the the people come out to watch. Um, as a uh, you know, as everybody who most people who follow the sport know, uh, he was knocked out in, in 35 seconds actually by Ryan Bader. Um, who uh who became the the two division champion mm-hmm. and the grand prix champion so um before i you know get too deep into it obviously congrats to ryan bader um an incredible tournament run um i yeah. don't even think he got hit in his three fights which is uh i mean t- to tee off on his name was is really masterful i guess you would say um he uh i, I mean i can't really say much else about the guy you know when he came to bellator we kind of talked about how he was uh how he was kind of an underrated fighter who had, who had run into some of the beasts of the sport yeah. uh, and, and had trouble getting over that peak of the top, you know, two or three ranked guys in the division. Um, but he's really found his niche in Bellator and um, you know, it's turned out to be an outstanding move for the guy. Uh, whether people want to say he's fighting lesser competition or not is, is really not even a, a valid point. In my opinion, these guys are prize fighters. He's getting paid good money to fight. And uh, he's pretty much beaten everybody with flawless victories. So I don't see any other. I don't see any downside to the move by Bader. Um, no. I guess he's a free agent now, which I guess uh, you know there's got to be some championship clauses there that'll likely keep him in Bellator. But it certainly uh, raises his value um, because if Bellator were to let him go, uh, I, I think a champ versus you know champ champ versus champ champ fight with him and Cormier would be something that, that the vast majority of the MMA world would uh would tune in to watch and it would be a big moneymaker for the UFC. Yeah, I mean uh, I, I, I don't think they're gonna let him go. Obviously I mean you got titles to defend and, and they gave you the, the tournament belt and the heavyweight champ belt and you're the, also the light heavyweight champion. You got people calling out your name, people talking about coming out of retirement to fight you. Um I mean it's it's crazy. But um one thing about that, the the actual fight, um, so, like, obviously, you know, people uh, talking about, of course, every time Fader loses, they talk about he should retire and all that stuff, but, I mean, obviously, he still has power to drop people. It's up to him what he wants to do, but the thing I noticed about that knockout, and it was something, like, watching him fight uh, since he's been in this whole, involved in with Bellator, since he fought at the Garden, um, and the knockdown that he had... Uh, uh, when when Frank Mir fought him, even though he beat Frank Mir, uh, like people are just starting to get wise to his game. You know what I mean? Like if you watch that, it's actually it's funny because it's almost not not quite the same because Pico was overzealous with his. I know we're gonna get to that, but you know they they uh, 
they're so in love with that one knockout that they know they can get if they if it lands they 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 uh, especially fedor you could if you if i watched it so many times before we did this his right hand you could see him relaxing and dropping it to snap it back up and and it looks like bader was was looking for that he said in the post fight press conference that that was a uh, that left hook that he dropped him with was something he was working on. They had a whole five round game plan, which is what I what, what I anticipated uh, would be his method to victory. But um, he said in the post fight press conference because he was practicing that that one punch um, with his striking coach. He said in his own mind when they were talking about the game plan, he was like, "Can we just work that punch too? Because I feel like I can land it." Obviously. Um, it's something that he noticed, and something definitely something Fedor has done in his career is, is dropping his hands because he's so relaxed to, you know, snap off that power with the guys that he has dropped with punches. It looks like uh, just people are getting wise to it. I, I think that's why he got dropped by Mitrione in the Garden, and I think that's how Frank Mir was able to drop him uh, when they fought in their fight. So, um, I mean, if he's not going to evolve or change up what he does, it, it look. I mean, maybe. Maybe it is time for him to, to stop fighting, but obviously he's still a draw. And, um, I mean, if anything, you know, there's certainly guys, he doesn't have to fight contenders. If he wants to put, throw in a few more fights, he could, you know, fight other people in Bellator that, that would be willing to fight him. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, obviously Fedor's not what he used to be. That's yeah. been, that's been We've known that for, I mean, I guess almost coming up on a decade now that he's been on the decline. Um you know, it, it, this is the, you know, when you got guys that, you know, and Fedor wasn't always a, a pure striker, but basically that's what he's become. And guys like that, their careers end brutally. We, yeah. we saw that with uh, Chuck Liddell. We see it with, uh, you know, Vitor Belfort. You see it with guys whose whole career was, be, you know, or who, who when their career was based off speed and, and punch accuracy, that's the first thing that goes. Yeah. So, so all of a sudden you're, you're a half a click behind. And I think that that's basically what we're seeing. I mean, if you look at the Mitrione fight, it was a double knockdown. You know, maybe 10 years prior, he's a half a click ahead and he hits Mitrione and Mitrione's the one that goes down. I mean, yeah. that's basically what we had seen. Um, yeah, you know, I would have liked to have seen him win and retire. Um, I, I hate to that this be the final chapter on his fighting career. Um, so I guess... I wouldn't mind seeing him fight one more time. He needs to stay away from the younger guys. I think we all talked the whole time that Brian Bader was was probably the worst matchup uh, in the whole tournament for him, um, yeah. just because he was the most prime fighter really of anybody in the tournament. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know who that leaves necessarily, um, because it doesn't do any good to see him have him fight. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really know who that leaves, um, but I feel like it's got to be the older generation guys. Um, I feel like a fight maybe with somebody like Tito Ortiz or something like that would actually be a fight that would make a lot more sense than Ryan Bader and Tito Ortiz. Um, but, uh, you know, or, or even like Vitor Belfort, Fedor, if, if depending on what Belfort weighs these days, you know, something like that where it's two older guys um, and, and you, at least you kind of are on an even playing field as far as as far as age and wear and tear. Yeah. Um, you know, with that said, obviously Fedor is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, he'll always be my greatest fighter of all time. I, I've kind of come to the realization where you're never going to convince people. You know, somebody who just started watching when Connor came along, 
Connor or, or Habib or those guys are going to be their greatest fighters of all time. Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Um, if you started watching, you know, 10 years ago, you, 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 you know, you guys like, uh, you know, you know, Liddell and, and Vitor and those guys might be and BJ Penn if you go back. And I mean, it just depends on when you watched, who you watched. Um, you know, you find that the people who, you know, I guess the, the real shame I would say is that the MFA fans who didn't get a chance to watch Fedor in his prime because he really was one of the most spectacular fighters. Um, and you can go back and you can discredit anybody's uh, legacy and, and record at this point in time if you go back. I mean, we could easily go back and look at GSP's record and laugh at, yeah. the, laugh at the Hardys and, you know, and the cost checks. I mean, you know, we could just as easily call cost check the UFC reject who was knocked out in his only Bellator fight, you know, but if you watched yeah. it, when it happened, you know, at the time cost check was a killer, you know, same thing when you go back in the Brett Rogers and the, and, you know, and then the, and the Arlovskis and Tim Sylvia's at the time when Fedor caught him. So, you know, it's yeah, one of those things. I mean, it, it, the, it's a sport that, uh, obviously it's a young man's sport and, uh, and, and by young, you really have to be like, you know, early 20s and or early 20s, early 30s. And um, and if you're if you're mid 30s, going into 40, then and you're still fighting, then uh, you're, you're you're old. You're old for fighting. I mean, you know, it's it's time to start coaching and passing on the knowledge. I mean, that's what martial arts. That's a, that's a tenet of martial arts anyway, just to pass it on once you're uh, once you're past the, the stage of challenging and competing and stuff. So, um, I mean, that with the, that's a good segue into. Uh, with what happened to uh, Aaron Pico and uh, OK Corrales. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that was uh, an outstanding fight. Uh, it uh, really kind of was like the, the cyborg uh, uh, Nunes fight as far as just being a all-out brawl. Obviously, this had more of a back-and-forth than the cyborg Nunes fight, but um, yeah, Pico came out just on fire. Uh, Hurt Corrales dropped him, uh, went in for the kill, got really over-aggressive, and then ended up being just brutally knocked out right in the center of the of the cage. Um, it's not good for Pico. I mean, we can, we can talk about him developing and changing his game plan. The bottom line is he falls to four and two now. Um, although he wasn't technically KO'd in his debut against Freeman, uh, he was knocked down, hurt badly and, and, and choked on, you know, choked out. Um, so this is basically two knockouts, uh, in six fights. Um, I know he's a young man, but that can't be good. This was a brutal knockout. This was one that, you know, where you're, you know, laying on the ground, eyes open, you know, but not there for, for quite a while. So, um, I don't know, I guess if I was uh, Antonio McKee and, and, and Pico came in, I would, first thing I would do is I would, uh, I mean, we've seen him fight six times now. We haven't seen any wrestling. Yeah. I have to, I have to rewatch the, the Freeman fight. I thought he went in for the takedown and that's how he got choked. He did. He got hurt badly yeah. though. And then he yeah. kind of went in for a, a weak takedown and, and mm. got, uh, guillotine choked or anaconda choked whatever they officially yeah. labeled it as but i uh, you know if i was mckee what i would do is i'd bring him in and i would tell him okay we're gonna start wrestling now we're gonna go out there we're gonna put on some real boring fights yeah well i mean it was his own uh to his own admission i don't know if you saw the the, the piece i wrote for mma news because he actually put it up on his own social media i mean he, he recognized the mistake was he should have he should have wrestled corrales when he got his you know when he when he had the upper hand um, but, uh, I mean, I think it's just when the adrenaline gets going, especially he's a young guy, obviously if he's developing a reputation for putting dudes away with his hands, he's going to get uh, married to the, uh, 
winning with knockouts. So um, he admits he admits his overzealous. I mean, the guy's been competing his whole life, so I'm sure he knows when adjustments need to be made. Uh, I'm sure he's lost in other things before and had to make adjustments. And and um, I mean, one thing I'll give that kid is uh, he always handles. I mean, it's a second loss, but I mean, he he for somebody so young, he handles he handles the loss better than a lot of dudes older than him. So um, I I I I don't think that's gonna take anything away from what he go, he does uh excuse me fucking winter over here in uh jersey so <laughs> no i just i just think if i was coaches i'm i'm really bringing him in and i'm going we're gonna rest the next two or three opponents we're gonna wrestle them we're gonna we're not even gonna throw a punch we're gonna go in there we're gonna take them down and we're gonna basically lay and pray them and if we have to win a decision you can do ground and pound but we're gonna go out there and we're gonna wrestle these guys yeah. if the crowd boos so bad so be it the crowd's gonna boo but we need our opponents to be afraid of the takedown yeah I think it's but he, become- he's also he also can't make it because that that's one of the things that's one of the things that i think that's why freeman was able to get the guillotine on him because they're they were expecting a wrestler. They are expecting a takedown. And one thing wrestlers do is lead with their heads. That's why he got choked. So, but then, And that's why he's also been knocking people out because people are so they're, – everyone's aware of his wrestling. They weren't aware of his hands. So now it's time – he's got to start figuring out how to, how to you know, uh, go, throw both at people and use it, use it at the right time. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think the Freeman fight. I don't think he was all there when he went for that takedown. He had just gotten jacked with a punch. Mm-hmm. I think he was a dazed and it was more of a kind of a – uh, just a, a a desperation thing. I'm just saying, if his opponents need to be aware, afraid, Pico's a killer if his opponents are afraid of his wrestling. If you don't have, you know, that's that's I think what happened to kind of with Fedor too, and his hands being low. I know he always fights with his hands low, but he it appeared to me that he was really afraid Ryan was going to shoot down and try to take him out, and that's that led to a little bit of hesitation as well, and, and not not getting a punch off. Pico needs his opponents to be afraid of the punches so that he can show the takedown and then all of a sudden their hands drop and then he blasts them. I mean, yeah. I just don't, I don't think that if you're Corrales going into that fight, I don't think you really have any fear of wrestling. He hasn't mm-hmm. shown anything. You know that he's going to come out swinging for the fences and God, it's great to watch, but I'm just saying, you know, he, if he goes out another fight, if he, let's say he goes out his neck fight, hurts the guy and then gets knocked out again, his career is quickly questioning on where he's going to go from here. I mean, he can't. Yeah, I, I doubt that happens, but um, yeah, he uh, he's definitely uh, I mean, he uh, he he he's he knows what he did wrong, and uh, I agree with him. Like, cause that's the that was actually what I thought when he when he knocked when he knocked uh Corrales back, I was just like, and then he went uh, he he they they clinched each other and just started pounding away. I was like, you need to you need to change levels and shoot in that man's legs and. And uh, but he stayed there, and Corrales. You can see Corrales noticed noticed the hand down, and when he just comes up top and he hits him, hits him with that uh, with that right hook that that just you know yeah. takes him out of his body. But he's a special uh, talent. I just I would you know I challenge people to name somebody who's been knocked out that brutally that went on to become a world champion. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have. I mean I don't I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that yeah. Oh, we'll early, see, man. early in their career that happened. And I hope he turns it around. I think he has the ability to. I just think, I think he really he needs to focus on his wrestling. So, yeah. um, Speaking of wrestling, Jake Hager, w- former WWE champion, made his, uh, <laughs> yeah. made his MMA debut against J.W. Kaiser. Made Real easy wrestling, work. as Jeff would say. <laughs> made made easy, easy work of the guy, taking him down. Uh, he did get hit. Um, and then once he got hit, he, uh, he clinched up, drugged his opponent down to the ground, and, and worked the arm triangle didn't really show a whole lot other than the fact that he uh, was able to kind of keep his nerves intact 
and do really what he needs to do against an opponent like he was fighting. So yeah, I mean, I, I, first of all, I didn't know Dave Bautista had an MMA gym. I know he trains in jiu-jitsu and he's a purple belt, but I didn't know he had his own gym that that Hager claims as his fight camp. And the second, uh, Hager's got a. I, I, I mean, from what I saw, um, I mean, he's definitely obviously he's got. I mean, all kidding aside, he does have real wrestling experience, and uh, we saw that in the fight with that body lock takedown, and then um, the arm triangle. He's a big dude, but I don't think Kaiser was I was uh, obviously he's a one in one fighter. Yeah, it's so, it's what we thought yeah. it was, you know. Yeah. And, but Hager did the job that he needed to do. He came in here and 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 he finished the guy quickly and and didn't get beat up. Let- and- and, you know they didn't uh, they didn't show much of Kaiser on, on TV, but from what you saw, because one of the things that, I mean, one of the things that I'll give the dude is that he was obviously, if you look at this in a, in a Rocky type scenario, he was given this, almost the same opportunity. Uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a chance for somebody that that people hadn't known about to be on a big platform like Bellator and and fight a well known person. But granted, it was it was still like a a, a young you know debut fight for both of them technically even though kaiser was one and one but from what you saw did it seem like he was overly like i mean he seemed really happy to be there and i feel like he might have burnt himself out in his celebration of running around the ring and stuff before the fight started because i mean the good dude looked energetic but then obviously i think he might have had a bit of an adrenaline dump or something the only the only reason i'm saying is is because when he was on the bottom and watching it as a jiu-jitsu guy his half guard sucked um, he didn't do anything to try to like get out from underneath Hager, and then uh, Hager finished the arm triangle on top of him, which is unless you, I mean I imagine he's super strong, but it's hard to finish that choke cleanly. Uh, it looked like Kaiser tapped more from fatigue than uh, you know being suffocated with him on top of him rather than having a clean choke. So I was just uh, that was just my observation as I watched it because I watched I think those are the three fights I watched that fight and. Uh, Pico Corrales and, and Fader Vader over and over again before we uh, recorded tonight. But um, I don't know. Is that something that you you might have picked up on, that he, he kind of exhausted himself before the fight got started? Well, he was clearly real happy to be there. Even at the weigh-ins, yeah. he was real energetic and smiling a lot and mm-hmm. kind of posing for the camera and stuff. So I think he was just happy to be a part of, of such a big event, which is which is good for him. Um, I mean, obviously, he's not going to make a, a long career in this sport, but um, he came out there. He, he gave an effort. Uh, uh, you know, I just don't think he's that good. Um, another thing of note is that uh, Hager's huge. Yeah. So um, that's what I'm saying. He probably have somebody him. that big on top of you. Uh, might make a lot of journeyman uh, fighters or, or young fighters, uh, you know, record-wise, um, really look bad. I don't know how easy it is to maneuver the half guard when you got a guy six foot seven, you know, two hundred and sixty pounds on top of you, yeah. um, with with the the wrestling pedigree that he has. So I don't know. Uh, I it was good for Bell, uh, Bellator that he got a win. Um, I'm curious to see where he goes from here. If he takes the Bobby Lashley route or if he tries to kind of take more of the Brock Lesnar route through Bellator and, and yeah, and, well, he, and, he, he said that he wants to make MMA his focus cause he loved that, how everything went. Like he loved the whole experience of, you know, the shooting, the stuff of the, of leading up to the fight. He loved the fight week experience. So at the post fight press conference, he said he wants to make MMA his sole focus. So we'll see if that happens. Cause we, as we know, like you just mentioned, Bobby Lashley, they're known to uh, to go back and forth between between that and Bellator is, is seems to be fine with it. So, 
We'll yeah, see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to do that. Hopefully, he, he focuses on MMA, and if he's got the talent to be able to hang with some of the bigger guys, then I sure as heck would like to see it. And it's just another, another kind of, uh, you know, quote unquote, yeah. show kind of aspect. I, I guess. And I don't, I don't see him fighting for titles or anything, but I wouldn't mind seeing him. Like you said, like Bobby. Although Bobby Lashley was mentioned for like heavyweight contender stuff, I, I kind of wish he stuck around. It would have been nice to have had his name thrown in the tournament just. You know, for for a tournament, the way tournaments are run, you know, kind of like an, a free for all at the beginning, anyway. At least when there was a full bracket. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Well, I mean, I don't I, know. Some, somebody like Hager, we talk about like the, uh, you know, the Brock Lesnar route, and I don't know, maybe get another win, and then does he try to fight somebody like Frank Mir? I mean, somebody that like, you know, and obviously the Mir that Lesnar fought was much more of a was a prime Frank Mir, but yeah. I mean, that might be a fight where he kind of goes in there. And I mean, in a, in a world, if he's going to be competitive, you probably beat the new Frank Mir, um, you know, but you might get submitted. It might show how good of his submission defense is. And, and if he's able to avoid leg locks and stuff like that might yeah. be kind of an interesting fight. You know, I'd like to say that somebody like, uh, you know, I feel like the Congos and the, and the, and the, Karatanovs, maybe Roy Nelson would be an interesting fight, a couple yeah. fights down the line, something like that. But, um, you know, the opening bout of the, well, not the opening bout of the pay-per-view, but the other huge fight was the Juan Archuleta, Ricky Bandejas fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Archuleta won a 29-28 unanimous decision in a really close fight. Um, I had it, I had it pretty dang even. Um, I was almost leaning towards Bandejas when the fight ended. Uh, I feel like he had really kind of taken the momentum in the second round. And yeah. uh, the third round was really, really close. Uh, but I just felt like he was, doing a little bit more damage. Archuleta was nonstop coming forward, but, uh, you know, as it goes, I think it was a win-win for both guys. Yeah. Um, they, they both put on a really good performance and, and uh, you know, and, and both are young fighters. Archuleta moves to 22 and one. I'll be curious to see where he goes from here since he dropped down to Bantamweight for this fight. Um, I know that he was uh, mentioning that he was not so, uh, keen on dropping so much weight after seeing what happened to Dillashaw, um, who he trains with, uh, in his fight with Cejudo, yeah, um, see, seeing what it did to him physically. So I don't know. It'd be interesting, but, um, I don't know if Archuleta beats the, the, I don't know him and Caldwell, I guess could be a good fight. It's hard to say where exactly where Caldwell is right now. Um, he's obviously going to have to probably square up here with Horiguchi again and try to get back, um, on the winning track. Uh, from the guy who just beat him in, in Ryzen on New Year's Eve. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but that was last weekend. Um, Bellator also announced that John Fitch and Rory McDonald will be fighting on April 27th. Mm-hmm. And Alima Lay McFarlane uh, will be fighting uh, uh, Vega. Uh, v- Vita Artiga. Vita Artiga. There you go. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, and that'll be April 27th, a, a zone exclusive uh, in San Jose, California. Uh, pre-sale tickets go on sale tomorrow for that event. Uh, if anybody's interested or in that area, <clears throat> forward to uh, to this weekend's uh, UFC Fortaleza, aka UFC on ESPN Plus Two. Apparently, um, I wonder what's going to happen when we get to ESPN Plus Eight. We have the, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, really a, a, a top-heavy card here with some really good fights. Um, obviously the top three are pretty much the ones that most fans will be talking about. Uh, Damian Maya versus Lyman good. Yeah. You know, Maya, the multiple time, uh, world title contender <laughs> fights, the former Bellator, uh, champion, uh, the initial 
well a Walter Waite champion in, in Bellator history. Yeah, he's a CFFC champ too, I think. You know, he's kind of flown under the radar. Yeah. Since he's been in the UFC. He's done mostly prelims and um seems like he just kind of always popped up when there was a New York card. Um, yeah. Didn't really fight a whole lot, but uh he uh he's got a big test ahead of him in front of him with Maya. Yeah. I think he actually is probably going to do pretty well in this fight. I think Maya's probably at the end of his run and um I, I guess I'll go with good, maybe by TKO, uh, coming off of uh, his last few performances. I think that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I briefly looked at the card because, like you said, it's an ESPN Plus thing, and, and I've already stated my my whole thing about ESPN Plus. But that's a really good card, one I kind of don't want to miss. But uh, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna stick. A, uh, this is obviously my jujitsu heart talking, but uh, I, I'm gonna stick with Damian Maya. I think Damian Maya. Uh, does his saran wrap thing and wraps himself around him and suffocates him. That's that's definitely a possibility. Good tends to use the wrestling, so he could open himself up to some kind of uh, submission. Quicksand. Yeah. Um, the co-main event that night uh, really is an outstanding bout. Uh, Jose Aldo, one of yeah. the all-time greats in the sport, uh, fights Hinato Moicano, 13-1. Uh, and one coming off of a destruction of Cub Swanson at UFC 227. Yeah. I this is a tough one. This is kind of the the old Brazil guard against the new the new Brazil up and comers, so uh, uh I really don't know, but I think I'm going to go with Jose Aldo in his home in Brazil. Um, I know it's their each their home country, uh but he's obviously fought the more heavy steep competition. And I'm going to yeah. say that he's not completely washed up. And that it, is, it, 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 is that his last fight? Didn't he say that that's his last one or no? Aldo, I don't know. I didn't hear that. Uh, I, I think if he wins uh, this fight, he's going to be looking for another title shot. Um, oh, yeah. I think that's what I heard. I think that he, if he gets through this one, he's going to go for the title again. So, yeah, you you're know, probably right. I mean, we, look, we looked at, we thought we were seeing the downfall of Jose Aldo. He basically was fighting, you know, uh, Max Holloway, who arguably is now one of the great fighters in MMA history as well. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Aldo. Maybe it's my, uh, my fanboy thing. Kind of like a, last week when I picked Fedor, but, uh, I, mm. I think, you know, I, I just, I, I, don't, yeah. I just don't think he's done. It's 27 and four in his career. I hear you. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, it's hard not to go with Aldo. So, I, I mean, I almost wanted to say, I'm just not going to say anything for this one, but, uh, it's hard not to go with Aldo, like you said. Home home base, it is him. I mean, the guy that that was undefeated for ten years, and um, yeah, yeah, no, it's hard not to go with him. I'm with you on that one. You know, yeah, I mean, his only his his losses in in recent history in the, in the last ten years, twelve years has been Conor McGregor and then twice to Max Holloway. So he's coming off of a huge knockout win, a first round of Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Aldo, and then. Uh, Brings us to the main event of a of a fight where you know realistically Marlon Marais probably should have been fighting uh, T.J. Dillashaw sometime yep. in the last year, so he's been held, holding out, kind of been uh, put on the shelf. Now he gets a chance to rematch uh, Hafiel Asuncao, who actually defeated Marais in uh, Marais's uh, UFC debut mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago now. So, uh, and, and it's the number two questionable too three. questionable win. Yeah, I thought Marias won the first fight. Uh is not exactly the most exciting fighter, um, but he does the job and, and gets a ton of victories. Um, 
I'm going to go with Marlon on this yeah. fight. Uh, you I better. Guess, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want him to win. Uh, yeah. Could, you know, I, we'll see what, you know, if he has a killer instinct, I think he can finish this fight, especially it being a five round fight. Um, but also, like I said about a Sunsau man, the guy just finds ways to win. So it's, it's hard to count him out. And, and um, if he wins, it'll most likely more likely be kind of a boring fight. Yeah, uh, just just styles wise. So I don't know. I'd like to see Marlon win. And, uh, and yeah, again, I, again, in that weight class with uh, Dillashaw, we really don't know what the heck's going on there. So I'm not sure where this fight's going to lead. But but a, a Marais victory would be. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think make him the number one contender. I think Marais is back in his groove. In the you know, obviously, when when he made that debut fight, it was uh, coming from World Series of Fighting. And, the, you know, they do. They, they say octagon jitters is a thing no matter where you fight. I think he. Just went through that, and now now he's found his groove. He's on a win streak. Uh, I see. I, I, he's got focus. He's got he's got a goal now. I, I see him. Uh, I see him winning on on Saturday as well. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So uh, again, that'll be on ESPN Plus uh, this Saturday night. I'm looking for a start time here. I believe it's eight. I think eight, the main card is eight p.m. Eastern. So that will. Uh, I shouldn't say I don't know if that's the main card, uh, but that that would make sense. I know they're trying to start events earlier on ESPN than they did on Fox, yeah. so that was a, that'll be a, a plus for for people on your side of the on your side of the country. Yeah, uh, man. but until then, you know, let's hope for some good fights. Um, maybe we'll get some more uh, Bellator news for next week about uh, possibly a co-main event for the uh, the event coming my way. Uh, at the end of March, uh, the Korshkov Lima fight. Curious to see the re- how that card starts to fill out now that we're getting closer and closer to that. Um, but as always, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter. You can follow me at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Um, not sure how many beer posts he's got going lately, but. Uh, Oh, I just uh, I got a six pack of some. Uh, I was gifted. One of my training partners gave me a, a chocolate truffle stout, um, but I'm saving that for a special occasion, which is that actually that guy's retirement. That when I gave it to me, uh, I'm just trying to see if there's anything. I just forgot that I put. Yeah, that's it. No, you're right. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. So, so that'll do it then. Uh officially now as Ed has wrapped us up, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, uh, tune in next week, uh, where again, we'll, uh, we'll go over the results of this UFC SPN card and look forward to more MMA action. Cool. Peace. Hey y'all East coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt, an eye out for future episodes supporters will be shouted out on the show and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future so please click the support tab and enjoy the show